Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Hey, nerds. Welcome to another edition of Disorganized Religion. 2021 we're finally made it we're out of 2020 i'm your host seth lawrence as always and for my first guest of 2021 i have brought in the infamous the famous the fantastic the mighty the co-producer of bootleg comedy la bryson banks let's go dude it is so good to see you thank you for joining me it's good to be here thanks for having me seth Absolutely, man. Uh, my first question out of the gate for 2021 New Year's resolutions. What are they? You got a favorite? No, I don't. I mean, I set goals often or I, well, I, I have three month goals that I set every three months and I have my yeah. year goal that fluctuates and then I have my three year goals. So I don't really do the New Year's resolution thing anymore. Ah, okay. Um. I just try to continually evolve all year. And I guess this nice. year I want to, I want to do more writing. Got it. Okay. Any, mm-hmm. any particular writing like novel, uh, no. like, stand up like scre- screenplays. Yeah. Cause I, I studied, I did, um, when I went to UCLA, I studied, uh, I did fundamentals of screenwriting. I took as an elective and then I did the advanced screenwriting and then I got, I was one of the top three screenplays in the, in the class and then i just and then i I also did a year-long mentorship at the writers guild for veterans and i just haven't i haven't really sat down to write any of like i write for comedy every day but i don't yeah i haven't taken the time to do any screenplays and what a better time than this mess we're in this is great yeah this is the best time ever when you can't do anything else you can only (laughs) do solo activities or virtual activities uh beautiful what did you study at ucla i studied psychology oh i love it i love it (laughs) so you you wanted to be a psychologist you still no 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 uh i was getting this is gonna sound weird but i was actually getting paid to go to college from being in the military Sure. So it was like yeah. a, it was like a job for me. They were paying me a, not only paying for my school, they were paying me a substantial amount of money. Yeah, and I think it was close to three thousand a month to go Jeez. to school. Paid after they paid for the school, plus another program I qualified for, paid for my books, paid for my laptop, paid for my parking. My gosh! So it would it's be like silly not to do it. Three times as good as COVID money. <clears throat> Yeah, way better than COVID money. <laughs> COVID money is such a joke. Oh I mean, my gosh. Pakistan got some good COVID money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, we've been given money, not even COVID money, to other nations for decades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of good money. Not that, Lots of not good that money. New. No. Yeah. No. I think it's for military cooperation. They should just be honest about it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great so what happened why'd you leave psychology why are you not dr banks dude so well i got a bachelor's and then i went to pepperdine and got my master's in psychology as well and then at that point i had a choice i could have gone to get my doctorates but at that point i was like man it's as you know going to college is is a job and it's a lot of work yeah and especially yeah. if you want to do well i got i graduated with honors from pepperdine and I just thought, man, I need to go all in with, with my career instead of, because yeah. ultimately it was just a cushion, a safe cushion for me to, and I would only put about not even half. I mean, I'm putting probably way more than what I was able to put in when I was in college because of how demanding the school was and then driving there. And yeah, so, <clears throat> and then to get the doctorates is just so much extra work for something I'm not even going to use. And yeah. just to be like, oh, I'm a doctor. And then, but you're not really a doctor unless you're a doctor, doctor. You know how they say. <laughs> Come on, man. You would have been more of a doctor than Jill Biden. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wait, wait. So you started UCLA with, with a, you know, the avenue of psychology, knowing that you were not going to be uh, a psychologist? Yes. Why? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? 
So a few reasons. Some of them are stupid. Some of them not so much. Sure. One of the reasons, one of the smarter reasons, I think, was because every day you have to deal with people and psychology is all about dealing with people. Yeah. And I think that to be successful in life, you need to understand social dynamics, have good emotional intelligence, build a good network of good people with good values. And, and I think psychology helped me grow as a person, helped me understand why I was such a troubled child. Mm. Um, it also was a major that was heavily um, attended by females. And I, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was coming, I was coming out of the Marine Corps infantry and women were not allowed in the infantry at the time. I think they've made some changes and there's yeah. still not many of them. So sure, sure. all those things kind of, kind of wow. took place in my head at 22 years old. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Uh, okay. So did you go into undergrad and masters knowing that you wanted to do comedy or when did so stand up happen? So, man, you know, stand up popped into my mind back in 2010 and hmm. I should have tried, I should have done it. And I didn't, I put it off because originally I was like, acting's my thing, acting, acting, yeah. acting. Sure. And that's what I, that's what I was moving to LA for. That's what I had my heart set on. Got it. Okay. And I studied and I started at zero and it was tough and I didn't fall in love with it. And I was like, maybe it's cause I suck at it and huh. I got decent at it. And now I still act cause I have a team and it pays well, but it's not my passion. You know, I almost interesting. Yeah. I like, I love stand up. I love comedy. And I kind of stayed away from comedy because I was naive and thought that like, Oh, well, I'm already, that already comes better to me. So, uh, and nobody wins an Oscar from comedy and all this silly stuff. And yeah. I sort of just leaning on my strengths from the beginning. And, sure. and I studied with some of the best acting teachers in LA and there were always these depressing plays that I still don't like. Right. And, and I don't know, I guess since I said that's what I was coming to do, it took me a long time to be like, well, I don't have to stick with just that. I can do these other things and yeah, and just kind of find my own way. Yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. So comedy was always an interest, but you just said comedy, I need to focus on acting. Yeah. Comedy was kind of how I coped with things and also how I won the approval of people growing up like I was the class clown I used to get in trouble for cracking jokes about the teachers yeah <clears throat> so comedy's always been present in my life thankfully um but I don't know I didn't try it until and then when I tried it I obviously fell in love sure sure all right so uh First of all, you you have confirmed one of my biases about psych majors, which is they are two types. They either want to figure out other people or they want to figure out themselves. Yeah. And either way, it helps, right? And I either way, it's a good out thing. Both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I love it. All right. And uh, okay, so first, open mic experience. What led you oh, to it? How would it go? Where was it? Okay. So first. So the first time I did a show, I did a show before I ever did an open mic. Oh, how did I that did happen? A, a stand-up <laughs> class? Did you do a stand-up no, no. class? No, I did. I did later, but not, okay. not at this point. I knew this this guy and he had a show and I and I just he didn't know it was my first show. He didn't know anything. And I You're had just 15, like, hey, can I do it? <laughs> yeah, I he gave me 15 minutes, man. Wow. <laughs> And I had all these notes and things that, that like I had made people laugh and, and at, at parties or just stories and I had them and I did all those and, yeah. and I, I did, Seth, I did, I did really well. Yeah. And I, I got people laughing. There were some that didn't hit, but like, I was very happy with how it went. Sure. And then at about the eight or nine minute mark, I'm out of stuff to do <laughs> yeah and i'm like well that's my time and <laughs> oh my the guys gosh. like the guy's like in the back like no that's that's not your time <laughs> but yeah so stretch it out stretch it out 
Oh that my everyone, gosh. everyone was shocked to hear that that was the first time I had ever done stand up. So I was very happy. But then for some reason, I took a huge break, probably like seven or nine months. Man. And then I took, I took a stand up comedy class. Yeah. So wait, and... where was the show? <clears throat> the show was in Long Beach. Okay. It was at a wine bar in Long Beach. Got it. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. Yeah. So was this while, this couldn't have been while you were at UCLA. No, this wasn't. I actually have the date. Hold on. Does it oh block my you? Gosh. Can you still see me when I go out of? No, it's thing? okay. We got your we got your name though. All right, cool. So I, yeah. I actually have every open mic, every show I've ever done, all recorded. Holy! So smokes. that that was in Long Beach. Oh, and I I had drunk quite a bit just to get the courage to get up. And that yeah, was January, yeah. February, March. May twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen. Jeez. Wow. So, and then check this out. It wasn't until my first open mic that I was back on stage. And that wasn't until, well, I did the class, but the next, the, the next thing I did was a Tao open mic, uh, March 23rd, 2018. Wow. So a year, almost a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I started that class in January and we practiced and got on stage there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> gotcha. So, I've been pretty fortunate though. Yeah, that's wild. I would never, I would never have done a 15 minute spot on a show as my first time. That's terrifying. (laughs) That is terrifying. I I had a flask of of whiskey that I was drinking before I, before I went up and they're asking me all these questions like, Oh, how do you want to be brought up? Yeah. 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 I don't know the answer. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. honestly 90 percent of what i've talked to for comedians when i host it's whatever that's what they say i don't care yeah. whatever and then they come back with like here's a credit you can use i guess if you want something um so you probably yeah. didn't sound out of place when you were just like bah, whatever maybe not she that's butchered wild. my name and <clears throat> it was an interesting How do you butcher bryson banks that was before i was banks Oh, what's your real last name? Do you want to disclose? So, yeah. So my legal last name, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a complicated story, but my legal last name is actually Uribe, which is Hispanic and I'm not Hispanic, but I took the last name of the person I consider my father. Mm-hmm. So I should have changed this uh, stage. I should have done the stage name a long time ago. because so I'd be going to casting and they'd be like, Uribe what is that oh do you, no do you do you speak yeah. spanish and i'm going in for like white dude role so i think it just kind of confused them so that was the biggest reason <clears throat> but i was Man. born my last name that i was born with was wells hmm got it but that's not the one she messed up the one she messed up was Uribe. Uribe. yeah got it. got it easy to mess up a lot of people mess it up yeah and i don't say, they don't even pronounce it correctly right of course not well that's why it's messed up because they're not saying it right right uh man all right so why did you take the year break was that just because you wanted to focus on acting and what even pushed you to be like i want to do stand-up tonight at this show i want to do stand-up tonight what because other than alcohol there's quite a there's quite a few things a a few people told me i should um a big reason was an ex-girlfriend that i was um trying really, to get back with no absolutely not was really oh. into fell probably the hardest i've ever fallen yeah um started taking like we started going to stand-up shows together and was like you could do this like and just kind of really boosted me up and yeah. then i finally gave it a shot <clears throat> years later um Oh, so this was, I don't know. It took, it took me a while, I think, to get the courage to get up and to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and to have the material and I just kind of winged it because I didn't understand joke structure. I just, stuff was funny, but I didn't know why it was funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of it worked because it was, but I didn't understand why. And I've never told those jokes ever again. Oh, is that right? Not even, not even revamped? not even because i didn't record it they're so far down on my notes yeah and some of them are are raunchy and they worked but it's just like i don't <laughs> right I don't, right I don't right know. yeah interesting Maybe so okay recheck them out 
yeah i mean it's always worth a revisit right materials material uh so what did you feel like you gained from the class that you took because there's you know there's this age-long debate about it it, can you teach comedy you know and i i i i think you can Uh and i and i think like yeah some people are are farther along because they might have had I think trauma has a lot to do with comedy of pain or pain of some sort. Pain plus time equals comedy. Yeah. And I, I think that there's some people have an advantage, <clears throat> but if you understand the components of comedy, uh, yeah, I think you can be taught. And it gave me, it gave me confidence and it gave me a network to rely on. And it also got me my first show at the comedy store, which yeah. I, I, man, I have the recording still it's still one of the best sets I've ever had. Is that right? Which room was it in it at was the comedy a, store? It was a Friday night in the original room. It was, and I, it was a bringer show and you got paid. If you brought over 10 people, you got paid $5 a person. Yeah. I had, I got 51 people to come set. <laughs> That's why so, it's so good. So my, <laughs> so my first bringer show, yeah, 55 of the, it was sold out over 200 people. Oh and gosh. 55 were mine and i brought the most so he let me go last he goes i'm not even going to give you a, the light so so yeah. my five or six minutes set i turned into eight he's like you brought so many just take your time and i just man i had such a good set and yeah. such an awesome ex- that's when i fell in love was was that's that crazy i mean i i really think this is one of your gifts bryson is getting to know people well enough and be likable enough that they want to come see you repeatedly how do you do this what is you, what is the secret bryson what is the secret is there a shortcut to get people no, i don't yeah. think there's a secret or a shortcut i think it's being genuine and being sincere and building real friendships like those people they come mostly are friends that i built over many years of being here and 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 they want to see me succeed and they care about me as well and i think that's why they come yeah also but also i have the random people like i've had uber drivers come i've had girls from dating apps that i've never met before i've had yeah the maintenance the maintenance people from my building i mean you name it and and that's just because i i'll talk with everybody and eventually they're like oh what do you do and stand up oh and everyone loves comedy so it's not yeah difficult you just got to put yourself out there yeah and And keep in contact with these people. I don't just hit them up when I have shows. You know, I'm checking on them regularly. Regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and hopefully that translates to a bigger scale as we grow and continue in comedy. Sure. Yeah. Well, man. I mean, it's a it's a talent and and, and a gift that you've got. I I envy you in that. Uh, I think you've got it in spades. I commend you. I commend you. Uh, thanks, Seth. Uh, one thing one thing i'm trying not to do is um there have been shows when i put too much focus on that and my comedy lacked because of it so because there's a lot of work you still have to personally reach out to everyone i still reach out to them and thank them so it's not easy and it's a lot of work so it's hard to balance and i also don't want to be just that promoter comic stuck at that Right. You know, always seen as this guy that just brings a crowd and isn't actually to the level of success that, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to get fall into that trap. And I don't think, yeah, I don't know. I think people just get comfortable and that's why, but I'm, I'd imagine there's many that have kept improving both areas. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes both skills, right? I, I think there are lots of funny people that don't know how to promote, um, and there are lots of people who know how to promote who aren't very funny, you know, yeah. but it takes both, right? Like it takes both to figure out how to sell tickets and get people to come back. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they're both equally valuable skills. I don't know which one's easier or, or more difficult to develop really. Yeah. I think they're both. Luckily I had developed the people skills earlier on. And I'm still <laughs> developing my comedy. And, and I think that's the one. I mean, I guess I focus on both. I still read books on communication and emotional intelligence. And I don't know. I'm, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So how would you describe your comedy for someone who 
who hasn't heard you before? Uh, I guess just dart storytelling and dart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all just these, I mean, most of my comedy is just the bad things that have happened to me that I've made funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I, some of them I've invited to happen to me. Sure. Sure. Um, like the DUI, that's my fault. Nobody else is. That didn't just happen to me. I right. made some mistakes. Right. Right. But you know, it's as far as like dark, I don't know if I would put you as like a dark comedian. Cause I think of like Anthony Jeselnik, right. Classic right. dark comedian making jokes about just terrible things. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you're quite to that level of darkness. No, I don't think. And, so and you're like a bubbly, nice person. It's hard to put both of those up on stage at the same time. Yeah. But I think you yeah, skew darker weird. than like, maybe, maybe weird or just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I would classify you definitely as a storyteller. That is, I think your bread and butter storyteller. And I think you edge toward, yeah. Like the sadder kind of darker times of your life uh, for sure. Right. But I think that's great. I think mean, it's great how you meld that into uh, into your jokes. It's very fun. Thanks. So, uh, beautiful. We got a lot of good feedback from our show too. Oh, people. good. Hey, man, that was so fun. We found this beautiful spot in uh, downtown ish LA. It was very yeah. fun. I can't wait to do it again. I don't know when when's California going to open up again. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking we we'll have to have one by February. Like there's no way we'll miss February yeah. is my, in, in my mind right now, it's not looking good for January, of course, but and yeah. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's smart. We held off too. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, with LA just exploding with COVID, I mean, people can't even get into hospitals anymore. Right. You know, it's wild. It is wild. And, and we provide a pretty, I mean, as safe an environment as you can have in that situation, but it's just, not worth the risk of not getting the numbers or or something happening and then it takes that right. whole show right right i don't but need any health inspectors in my life right now multiple friends said we really like seth he's a great host and we they thought we put on a hell of a show ah that's so sweet it was a lot of fun man it was great It was a great show i can't wait for us to to do bootleg comedy again uh Same. hopefully hopefully we can get it up in february get it going again yeah uh beautiful it feels like there was one other question i had for you but now i am blanking on it which is the terrible podcast thing to do um, <laughs> i want to ask you where you're from you came to la you're from yeah. outside so i was born in bakersfield california oh okay and then in second grade my parents wanted to move they moved me to oklahoma mm. um which Bakersfield is the Oklahoma of California, so <laughs> it wasn't too bad of a transition. Is that right? It's very similar, Oklahoma. I've never lived in Oklahoma. It, look, it's so it's very, it's very Republican. It's very yeah. working class people. Um, yeah, it, it, there's some similarities. Obviously, sure. Oklahoma is way different with the country has the country aspect and right some and i grew up yeah so we moved there in second grade which was crazy uh i grew up very like country and yeah and and deep country yeah oh man so uh and then when did you move to la was that in 2017 no, no had before that moved to LA in 2011 Seth got it wow so you've been here a good while yeah so I I was in Oklahoma and I always told my parents as soon as I turn 18 I'm moving back to California oh is that right and, you missed it that much yeah well and I would visit my grandparents would come and get me and we would I would come got surfing it. and I always felt like a California kid at heart yeah and I like that and I and every they would come and get me in their motorhome and some of my best childhood memories. And we would drive across the country and we'd stop at all these cool things to see. Like there's a crater that a meteor hit in Arizona, the Grand Canyon. There's a petrified forest in Arizona, which are these trees that have turned to stone somehow. 
Yeah. Um, and I got to see all that. And then we'd go up to Nasir Nevada mountains up by, um, Mammoth and, and, um, why am I blanking on? Oh, in Yosemite. Right. So I always wanted, and then the military was the only realistic, op- there's no way I could have come to California without that. So that was my. Gotcha. And I just needed it. I was a bad kid and, and needed that discipline and the straightening out. How, like, how bad were you? It's so hard for me knowing you now, Bryson, to imagine you being a truly terrible individual. Seth, I was a nightmare of a kind really? of kid. Like I had been suspended many times. I was just going through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got in fights all the time. I, I got arrested at school for selling drugs. I, Jeez, I, had, a, I had over 20 tickets before I turned 18 from minor in possession of tobacco to two public intoxes, so many speeding tickets. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was the kid that you're fighting the power there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy, man. Sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So you make it to LA and now I love there's, if people aren't following your Instagram and we'll get your handles and everything at the end, I'll put them in the show notes, but you got to check out cool. cause you're doing this like crystal guy now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, crystal bro. <laughs> crystal bro. Crystal bro. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly when you and I were growing up, crystals were not a thing as far as no. I recall. No one no. talked about charging rocks in the sun <laughs> and getting special powers. I mean, no. I take it from your crystal bro character that you don't really believe in any of that. Or do you? No. I mean, is there some element of truth? No. No. Um, no. I believe in the idea that seeing them reminds me of why I got them and I got them because they look cool and I, I like them um, and they do have meanings. And then when I, you, you program them or whatever, which is just, wait, how do you I program? Believe. How do you program a rock? <laughs> a mineral? How are you programming a mineral? <laughs> you just kind of, it's similar. I see it similar as a prayer. You put it out there. Okay. And, and every time I see that rock, it reminds me of that prayer. So in some way, if law of attraction or whatever. Law of association. I, so you are, you are really programming yourself based yeah. on the rock. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm, I've seen some changes uh, yeah. in my, it's ultimately just changes in my behavior and my choices. So sure. I made a choice to have a cleaner place and they've helped me keep it clean, but I don't believe in all the metaphysical qualities and all that stuff. Got it. And I, I am so outside of like, I don't even know what are the, I mean, is there a religion to this crystal stuff or is it just positive no. vibes? You know, I think they just believe that everything has a vibration, which it does. Um, but they believe it a little deeper that, that, these things can attract things or I, I don't know the full science behind it. Yeah. But I, I did get the ones and put it where they said to put it. So there's a, there's a part of it that I like and they look cool and they're not, I don't know. I I just think it's pretty awesome how the earth made them and, and yeah. And the science behind it. Interesting. All like right. I have some pretty cool ones that haven't even gotten on like on the Crystal Bro thing yet. I'm slacking oh, on Crystal They're Bro. waiting. They're waiting. Yeah. The heavy hitters are coming. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what did you what did you grow up believing? Did you grow up religious? Yeah, I actually so my parents weren't really religious, but growing up in Oklahoma, Oklahoma's known as part of the Bible belt. So yeah. there's like I grew up in a town with less than 1200 people in the population and there's probably six or seven churches in that town. Yeah. And there's no, there's nothing else. There's two gas stations right across the street from each other. There's yeah. not a single stoplight in the entire town. Yeah. So stop signs, 25 miles per hour all the way through. I graduated with less than a hundred kids. Um, wow. But I, yeah, I probably crazy. grew up, I grew up Christian. Um, even my dog tags, I think, say Christian. Wow. So, but you like, 
you didn't grow up like going to church every Sunday or did you? Not every Sunday, but I would go a lot with my, with my friends uh-huh. and, uh, at the time. And there was, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. And then I just started, I guess, researching into it. I watched a few documentaries like zeitgeist and religious and that kind of shaped my views on it. And then I did some more Googling and research, looking at, you know, realistic or authentic sources, not Billy Bob's blog or anything. Sure, Um, sure. I don't know. And then also I found out I was Jewish in my 20s. Oh, interesting. Because I'm, yeah, I didn't know my biological father growing up. And then I did a DNA test and I'm like Ash, I'm like a big percentage, a third Ashkenazi Jewish. Wow. Through your father. Through my, yeah, I call him the sperm donor. (laughs) Got it. All right. So through (laughs) through the sperm donor, you are genetically or ethnically Jewish ethnically jewish um and then i got to go on a free trip to israel sure um which i had to get a letter from a rabbi since i didn't grow up jewish right and I, I went to the rabbi and just told her the truth that i found yeah. out i was jewish and i want to learn about that side of me and she signed it and i got to go on the trip of a lifetime and yeah it's weird because you can't it's an ethno-religious culture so you can't really separate the ethnicity from the religion so it was a yeah. unique experience. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, my understanding was that the religious side, at least kind of passes through the, the mother. Is that not true? That is, so that is a very old school traditional belief that, that, that many still believe. And that's more your Hasidic uh, Jews and, and Orthodox. Um, yeah. Which obviously the rabbi I went to was a woman. Was I not. Went to the no right i mean that that one's across the street but i knew there was no chance that <laughs> without some like year-long boot camp conversion thing right right so interesting um, uh yeah so i mean other than i guess even if you let's say you were to go to synagogue every week or to temple uh would the hasidic jews even consider you jewish or no i guess if you converted then yes but yeah, I think eventually they would, but I think there would always be that among some, there would always be that, Oh, you're not really Jewish. Really, Cause it's not through the mother. Interesting. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. And so- that was, there's, there's beliefs that that was just because of, it was so much harder to know who somebody's real father was back in the day. So that's yeah. the belief of why they made it that way. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I mean, I don't know. I would also think that a lot of it has to do with, uh, I think, like you say, just biologically, it's much easier to be like, well, we know he came from her. So that's what I was was trying to say that maybe didn't come across. No, no, no. That came across. I just wonder if there's also a a symbolic, um, uh, what a symbolic meaning too, or, or, um, what am I looking for that it's parallel to, you know, Christ, coming through mary right Mm -hmm. and and you know david it's always the line of the but anyway who knows the bible has a lot of lines of the mother as well as lines of the father for some of the more famous people in the bible uh fascinating so what what uh what's your outlook on or or what's your understanding of judaism now i mean does how how does christianity how does judaism shape your faith now doesn't really i consider myself gotcha um i would say at this point i would consider myself a pantheist okay so meaning what you believe lots of different things no i believe that everything including you me this light uh the universe is all a manifestation of god is god um interesting i believe got it so it's um that yeah 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 yeah, which is so different uh i read i read about mormonism and there yeah and there was so much that i did there's a lot yeah 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 there's a lot of similarity there yeah but you guys also believe that there's multiple gods and multiple universes but we're only subject to the one here right um which i didn't know and then you believe that there's three different heavens 
uh yeah three different sort the, of levels or states yeah, yeah. of heaven so yep. the celestial kingdom the yeah. celestial and the terrestrial all kingdoms yeah yeah mm-hmm. you got it baby yeah and then what what was another one? Oh, that the priesthood women cannot be in priesthood and black right. people couldn't be in priesthood until 1978 yeah super late um and uh yeah i mean that one fluctuates a little bit because in the very early uh faith in i mean i guess to to be fair to my religion we really believe that our religion starts with adam and it's the same you know same sort of principles and and gospel from old testament adam all the way to present day um but as far as its restoration in 1830 with joseph smith there were some members of the church back then who were uh, black, who also held the priesthood. Oh, interesting. Then as the church grew and I think with some societal pressure, some political pressure uh, ended up, yes, denying uh, members who were of African descent, holding the priesthood the same way Caucasian males hold the priesthood. And that, existed from you know i guess late uh 1840s somewhere around there until 1978 yeah pretty crazy yeah there was a few there was another oh you can't get into heaven like like tithing is mandatory for mormons that I right we we pronounce it tithing tithing but yes yeah yeah from the tithe yeah. Tithe, yeah. yeah. I yeah. actually Googled how to pronounce it and I still got it wrong. So that's <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is a okay. Mm-hmm. So wait, I'm curious, what do you believe happens after we die? Do we just all go back to God? Uh, he assimilates us all again. I'm very Alan Wattsy with my belief in God. What does you, that mean? Alan Watts. Alan Watts is a famous philosopher. Okay. He he believes that we're all like it's all a dream we're all just like we're all god pretending that we're not interesting okay so that's kind of what i believe yeah oh i see so then when we die we wake up we go oh yeah i'm god and then we just recycle back into to life as i'm not we go back to sleep as god and come back (laughs) is there a little bit of this like reincarnation Mm -hmm. buddhism I'll have to send you the video that I love that ex- fully explains my beliefs. And it's a combination of, of, of uh, I've thought of this. I have huge existential dread often. And, and interesting. I've, I think I've taken philosophy and I've, these have been huge topics for me yeah. my whole life that I've always been really interested in more than most I feel. Sure. And I just think, um, yeah, and I've done, shrooms and these uh like i've done ayahuasca which is this uh weird tea from peru that huh these shamans brew it's supposed to it's called the spirit molecule there's a whole documentary on it yeah on netflix joe rogan's actually the narrator for it of course he is i love it <laughs> <laughs> so i've come to that conclusion through those experiences and 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 i still who knows? I don't think any of us know. And I think that if we did, it would take away from the experience of life. And that's just yeah. my, yeah, yeah. My well, belief. right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We can agree to disagree. It's not a big deal. I, I think uh, knowing, or at least believing so strongly that you act a certain way doesn't necessarily detract from the mystery, you know, it, yeah. If anything, uh, I think it, it gives some meaning to the mystery. And I look, I still, I still believe in karma. I believe in doing the right thing, being a good person. Yeah. Um, right. Some of the books I based my values on were written, written by religious people. Like one of my favorite books, the seven habits of highly effective people. Right. I wrote my mission statement from that. And he talks about these things that are, um, what does he call them? habits pretty much you you can't deny their authenticity like honesty you cannot argue that objective objective truths yeah that they're that are enable it and and man i'm spacing on the word but 
compete. Interesting. No, that's fine. It'll come to me. But yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. that anybody from at an early age, they're within us. You know that these are, yeah, like you said, objective truths of, of a, a way you should right not should live. I don't want to bring shame and people that aren't living that way, but you should aim to. It leads to, to happiness, right? It's yeah. one way that's Less been suffering. proven to lead to happiness or Absolutely. to help people. Yeah. So, and I have my mission statement that I read every day that has all these quotes, I guess, that I live by short quotes of, of like wisdom. Yeah. I love it. So that, that book, one of your favorite books, the seven mm-hmm. habits of highly effective people written by yep. member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Was he really Kobe, yeah. Stephen, Covey. Stephen, Covey. Stephen, Stephen R. Covey went to Brigham yeah, Young yeah. University taught at the business school i believe there for many years oh yeah it is i've read many of these self-improvement books it's kind of my thing and it is by far my favorite and i think the most thorough and best book you could read and honestly what his family wrote about him in the beginning will make you cry because of how good of a person he was and how how strongly he not only believed in what he wrote that he also practiced it himself yeah. I mean, never mind that he paid them all to write that, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and he, al- he also um, just states many times that he just, he researched these things and, and this is what he came up with and, and yeah. super modest about, about it because he's like, these were out there and I just found them and put it all together. Yeah. And here it is. Here it is. If it helps. Yeah. Great. Uh, I love it with that, with that, the fact that you're, life is based on my faith uh no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i, I want to move to to let you pester me with some questions we've kind of teased at i think some of the things that you're interested in but i want to move now to our final segment what is the deal with mormons bryson banks um have you, i watched the book of mormon the play oh sure the musical yeah Amazing. i have not seen it i have not seen it i've listened to some music are you allowed to see it I mean, allowed. It's probably not encouraged by uh, the <laughs> higher ups in the faith, but uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to get punished for for seeing it. I want to. I wanted to see it. It was supposed to come to Pasadena, um, right? And then the pandemic hit, so God uh, prevented me from seeing it, which I think I should take as a sign that I probably shouldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I read that Mormonism is one of the fastest growing religions. Yeah, it's nearly doubled its members since 1980. Yeah, um, and then more more things... outside of the U.S. than inside the U.S. Really? Oh, and yeah. there's this big, almost like production play thing you guys do every year that was interesting, like a ten level there play few. that that was put on. Yeah, there. But are this few. one is a massive one. Sure. Uh, are you thinking of the Nauvoo one, the one in Nauvoo, Let's Illinois? See um because there's some of those pageants that have uh we call them pageants not that they're about beauty uh but yeah we have one that's called the manti pageant which used to be really big that isn't really done anymore as far as i know one i never do things i oh go ahead no i was just gonna say i've never been to any of those i've been to some of the stuff that that um is done in nauvoo Nauvoo, Illinois, there are some missionaries that actually their mission is, okay, so for those who are not a member of my faith, uh, every young man is encouraged when he's now about 18 years old to go on a two-year mission. Every young woman at uh, 20 is encouraged to go on a mission, and her mission is a year and a half, 18 months. Uh, Some people are- Did you already do that? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. I was in Quebec. Where did you go? Quebec, wow. Canada. Yeah. That's interesting. I can't find I'll have to text it to you or something. It was a it was a big one. It was like a 10 level the 10 levels was one of the things that's the not hill, a bell. So there's a Manti pageant and a Hill Camora pageant. It was whatever the biggest one is, I think. Probably the Hill Camora, which commemorated uh, the restoration of the church with Joseph Smith. Okay. A hundred thousand um, people attend the church's reenactment of the Book of Mormon every year. That's what it was. Yeah. Every July, Mormons converge on Palmyra, New York. Palmyra. The Hill, yep. The Hill Camora. That's what yeah. you were saying. So that would have been the Hill Camora pageant. I don't know if they still do that. 
Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think I never remember attending those. So if we went as a family, it was when I was very young. Okay. But, uh, so you yeah, but it kid, was a thing. So I definitely heard Mormon. about it. I also read that you're not allowed to drink, smoke, or do drugs. Correct. Other than prescription drugs. So we believe or, in modern medicine. Some people feel like we're Jehovah's witnesses, no blood transfusions. That is incorrect i want to stop the rumors now uh we believe i, I in... actually during my homework i saw that um one of the guys with um cmr was talking about that and you said because i watched all the ones one minute videos you posted oh, on instagram yeah 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 uh cmr is shorthand for the philosopher uh who are you talking about? Wait, I'm trying to think. Comedian I, Matthew Robinson. Comedian Com- Matthew Robinson. For some reason, I, I was blanking and going to uh, Ryan, the cable viewer. He's the other one. RTC. I didn't get. I don't know if I got down to that one because my my he my was research a, was cut short. As you right, know. he was in a panel. He was in a panel. There were a few people on that one because he was there with a, a fellow co-host of a podcast. But, okay. Uh, comedian Matthew Robinson and Andrew Ryder, fantastic. That's episode. who the other one was. Very yep. fun. Yeah, CMR is great. He's great. Yeah, no, we believe in you know we believe science. I know some people might be like, no, you don't, but yes, we do. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so, but no no alcohol, no uh, recreational drugs, um, no coffee or tea. Wow. That yeah. Have you ever had any of those things? Uh, certainly no recreational drugs, no alcohol. I had, uh, I've had herbal teas, which are fine. Herbal teas are okay. And they are disgusting. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no likey the herbal tea. I had coffee once on accident, once on oh. accident. We were, uh, I was like, uh, I think 12, maybe no wow. 10. I think it was 10. We went to, uh, Mount Rushmore. And at the visitor center in Mount Rushmore, they had a, uh, what I remember as a 10 year old kid, just this, you know, smorgasbord of hot cocoa. And I love hot cocoa. So I was trying all the different kinds of hot cocoa and I went down too far and hit one. I was like, oh, that's (laughs) weird. That doesn't taste right. And go back and it was some mocha, you know, so I've had it. Eh, I can take it or leave it. I guess we won't be seeing you in the celestial kingdom. I've repented. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, there's only two sins that are unforgiven. Oh, right. No, I don't know. I think there's only one. I think there's only one unforgivable sin, but what is is it two? Yeah. Um, Cursing or damning the Holy spirit and then murder. Oh, murder. I don't know. I think the church has changed its stance on murder. Now murder. Terrible terrible thing right uh, but, but i people think in prison that change their ways right i mean i think you know from my reading of of holy scripture just about anything can be forgiven the 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 one that you talk about this you know damning the holy spirit is i think i don't know this is an interesting philosophical question so you might be interested in this it, it can someone be forgiven of something if they don't feel that they want to repent. That is, if they don't want it, if they want to keep on doing that thing, can mm. they ever be forgiven? Uh, and I don't think so. So or the reason I bring if, that up is if you're damning the Holy Spirit, the way we talk about that in my faith is, uh, I guess more practically speaking, the way I was taught was, you know, for a certainty that God exists Okay, Heavenly Father is there, that Jesus Christ performed the atonement and he performed it for you, that you could make it to the to celestial kingdom to heaven uh, as long as you lived by the gospel. And you say, I deny all of that. I don't I don't believe it. And I'm going to go teach other people that it is not true. (laughs) So if you start doing that, then. I think you, you, you're sort of committing an unforgivable sin because you're messing with other people's souls. But is it <laughs> so that you're not that's like, like what my set was? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, but see, you're fine. You don't you still kind of believe in crystals and all that nonsense. So you're cool. You're cool. Um, no, I think it's like, do they even want to be forgiven? 
You know, I don't think they even want to be forgiven. So arguably, if someone practiced that for a portion of their life and then tried to mend their ways, you know, acknowledged before God that they had terribly sinned and then went about the rest of their life doing as good as they could to bring people back, could they be forgiven? Maybe. So was it an unforgivable sin or is it just unforgivable because they don't want to be forgiven? Now, okay. Also, you have the, what if they didn't know the consequences when they were doing it and then later learned, like say you grew up in an atheist household. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways I think that would make it. I mean, regardless, if you grow up in atheist household and then you come to know that God is real, however that happens for you, you know, you know, in your heart for, for a certainty that God is, is there, that he sent his son to perform the atonement for all of us. So we could go back to live with him. You understand the gospel. And then you say, I deny all of it. And I'm going to lead other people away from that knowledge. I mean, it's hard to know what other consequence would there be? Hmm. Um, I just think it's pretty rare. I think that's that's a pretty rare occurrence. So you guys don't believe in like the cat like the Catholics where you get like a almost like a prison sentence. I mean it's forever. Right. The only sense okay, so I mean yes and no, right? We do believe in in uh sort of a traditional hell which we call outer darkness, this kind of forever damnation you're living with the devil. Uh, hellfire, gnashing of teeth. We do believe that that exists. We just believe that relative to all of God's children, it's very small, not not very highly populated. Um, the other way that that we talk about hell is in the sense of immediately after death, we believe our spirits go to kind of one of two states of being. One being spirit paradise, what we call spirit paradise, mm-hmm. which is I saw that. Kind spirit of a happy, prison was the other. Yeah, and spirit prison, which we also talk about being damned, but only in the sense that you are prevented from progressing until you accept baptism into our mm. faith, which is why we do baptisms for the dead in our temples. Oh, yes, you told me about that and got in trouble uh, for baptizing Holocaust victims, right? Yes, yes, rabbis, <laughs> rabbis, the, the Jewish faith collectively sued my faith to enjoin us to prevent us from uh, baptizing Holocaust victims, which I, as I understand it, we all settled. But as I joke, uh, I think that means we won uh, the religious, <laughs> the religious argument. What did you guys settle for? I think it was just a, we we're sorry, you know, we won't, oh, we will not no a monetary there might've been some money that exchanged hands, but I think, you know, mostly the Jewish faith was about, Hey, don't, you know, we don't want you doing that to our, to our faithful, to which we said, you know, we respect that. So uh, So I think what they did was, yeah, they stopped and then they annulled all of the baptisms that had been done for Holocaust victims. But I don't know. I don't know that for sure. I imagine that's probably what the settlement was. So you stopped and then what? Oh, uh, annulled them. So that is canceled them. So any baptisms that had been done for Holocaust victims, I I don't know this for sure, but I could see a settlement where we are forced to say those are no longer good or we take it back kind of a thing. I don't know how that really works out spiritually, but uh i can i can see a world where that is the case that was the settlement but i don't know exactly what the settlement was i just know that we don't do baptisms for the dead for holocaust victims anymore interesting there was a couple other things that i liked uh that the fbi and the cia actually have recruitment programs for mormons oh yeah which that's a that's a heavy right yeah right right. because we're unsuspecting honest guys with good values and who else yeah. do you want working for you uh, honest guys and gals who also know different languages that's the biggest that's the biggest thing we know a lot of different really? languages yeah 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 so you CIA, know personally i mean i know french because of my mission but what i'm saying is that as a group wow. as a group uh you know my wife uh almost went into linguistics she she knows wow. Arabic, she knows German, she knows French, she knows English. So she wow. actually went to some of these meetings for the CIA because 
Arabic was kind of, you know, Arabic and Chinese and Russian are kind of the trifecta of what they want. And those are some of the hardest languages to learn. Yeah. 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 So a lot of people in her Arabic classes at Brigham Young University, uh, they were either doing military or some of this kind of espionage counterintelligence stuff that they were interested in. Yeah. And also impressive was the Mormon church is believed to have a combined value of over $30 billion. Yeah. We've got a lot of money, baby. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing well. We're doing pretty well for ourselves. I think a lot of it is real estate, but there was that news story a few months ago, I guess it might almost be a year ago now with the church having a fund, essentially a slush fund of 100 billion. Wow. Yeah. Nice little investment nest egg. That's, that's, that's a good nest egg to have. Yeah. I mean, you get a tap into that. No, they, I mean, unless some, I I feel like the only time that money is really going to come out is if there's some horrific disaster and then that money will come out to try to help. uh, I think first members of the faith and then second, anybody else that needs it. So like like COVID-19. I don't think COVID-19 hit it, man. I just don't no. think, you know, I don't think it hit it, but what about, what about, would they be, in, would they be interested in sponsoring bootleg comedy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Typically the church tries to stay out of private, private affairs, <laughs> but part of the issue with that money, with that hundred billion is that some of it had been used to help. Uh, allegedly the claim is that some of that money was used to help rejuvenate um a block in Salt Lake that, that the mall, there was a mall in Salt Lake across the street from Temple Square, which is where church headquarters are. The most famous uh, Mormon temple is there. And across the street was a shopping mall, a pretty big shopping mall. And uh, I, I guess the church bailed it out and essentially took it over. So there was, there was some hullabaloo about that. There's a big, uh, beautiful one over in West LA too. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, we've been, I mean, I've been inside that one. That was great. Yeah. Now, am I allowed to ask what these last minute church emergencies are about? Oh, so this is this. Okay, so for everyone listening, we were gonna meet, we were gonna meet like a half hour later. But no, my congregational leader wanted to talk about the Sunday meeting that we are having outdoors this Sunday. So he just wanted to emphasize outdoors. Right. Very safe very outdoors. Everyone's wearing masks. Uh, my family and I personally have not gone to any of these outdoors ones because we just like home church a lot. Mm. Um, and we have three small kids. I just don't want to have to wrangle my kids. And it's so difficult to do that when we're outside. It's hard enough inside. Outside is just a disaster. Uh, no, so this was just local. This was a local thing. It had nothing to do with the overall church. I realized when I sent you that message, I was like, oh, I made it sound like there might be a nuke. <laughs> There's a nuke coming and we know first. Yeah. So I can't tell you. I can't tell you yeah. because you're a sinner. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing to be alarmed about. Nothing to be alarmed about. <laughs> what, and what is, I know you got to go soon, but what does home church look like? I mean, it's just me, my wife, our kids, and it's mm-hmm. about, 15 minutes long and it's just us um so the my congregation and a lot of congregations across the u.s uh they're doing some over zoom yes some broadcasting or or youtube live you know or facebook live there's some that are broadcasting so a small meeting will take place and they will broadcast that to members who decided or could not attend Uh, for us though, we honestly just do it at home. And so I I just, I bless, I distribute the sacrament, uh, the bread and water for just me and my family. So it's, it's pretty, uh, yeah. I mean, we've loved it. We've loved it. We've gone from in the last like two years, my faith has gone from having three hour church to two hour church to home church and home Mm -hmm. church for us it's like 15 minutes right hard on. to beat hard to beat that because yeah. you don't I, like i'm a firm believer that you don't have to go there uh, and some of the people i met in oklahoma they go every week were some of the not best people i've ever wow. met sure but imagine how awful they'd be without it 
Yeah. <laughs> they might've been way awful, you know? Yeah, that's, that's uh, I think there is an aspect of religion that is communal. That is that, you know, you gain, you gain strength and uh, support mm-hmm. from being with other people that are also there to help and support you, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, my, my faith is an interesting one in that there is this communal aspect, but there is a very, you know, Protestant, very, uh, direct relationship with God that that kind of cuts out some of the pomp and circumstance of of a more you know like a Catholic faith for instance where you're going to confessional regularly to tell someone else about all the terrible things you've done to seek you know mm-hmm. how do I make this right with God now all of that is very personal for us there are some things that we're encouraged to tell our bishops that is our our congregational leader uh, but that list is sort of left up to you as an individual um, and is really meant to act as a counsel, right? Like, you know, psychology uh, a little bit where our congregational leader is there to help with support. Okay. Mm -hmm. So be like, Hey, you know, why don't you try this? This is something that, that I've tried in my life. Why don't you try this? And, you know, what is your guys's viewpoint on psychologists and going to therapy? It's great. It's great. My mom's actually a marriage and family counselor. That's awesome. So, yeah, I think, you know, when I say science, I mean, all, all, all proven sciences, right? I mean, I think the mental health industry is one that religion as an, you know, a big overarching organization has poo-pooed for a long time. And I think that's Mm -hmm. been really detrimental. Uh, There are still people in my faith that I think sincerely believe you can pray away depression. You know, if you're righteous enough, you shouldn't be depressed. And I think that's a very dangerous outlook, you know, because there's so much now that's like, well, no, it's, it's chemicals in your brain it has nothing to do with how positive you are. It's just, you're going to be sad today. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that's just yeah. it. You're going to be sad for the next year and a half. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> you need to figure some of that out. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some things absolutely that living the life recommended by my gospel helps with, at least it leads people to, to happiness, I believe. Um, like, like crystals by the bedside. Yeah. Yeah. Like crystals <laughs> by the bedside. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that whatever helps you be a good person, that's what you should do. And, and yeah, I think I think my faith would help more people do that than crystals would, but that's my opinion, <laughs> right? That's my thought. I don't know. I don't know Look, for I, sure. I have some of my, how do I flip this? I have some of my favorite books by my bedside. And, and Look at that. Out there as number one of the number ones. Steven, Steven R, baby. He's, he's Brother Covey. Have you Brother read Covey. it? I have not. I have not read it. Man. I know, I know. Look, the only self-help book I need is the Book of Mormon <laughs> Bible. Uh, no, my mom actually is really into self-help books. My mom is oh. very into self-help books. So she sent me a couple over the years and I actually had to tell her I can't do this anymore. I can't read <laughs> any more self-help books. They are too, I don't know. They just rub me a certain way, you know? They're not, don't they don't speak to me. Would. But, yeah. you know, I think that's what's beautiful about uh, about religion, about spirituality, about it all, is that it's about what speaks to you. You know, whatever yeah. helps you be better, do mm-hmm. that, right? I think, I, I do believe there is an element of my faith that is like, hey, we're a little bit better than everything else. But, you know, that's that's I what a religion all, should I, claim, right? I a think religion should them. claim. Yeah, all religions have that aspect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I think first and foremost, let's all be decent human beings. If you want to upgrade, you know, go from telestial to terrestrial <laughs> or to celestial, then come on over. You know, the water's fine. Uh, but I don't know that it's it's something that I would say, because religion, I guess the other side of the coin is religion is, you know, my faith is rather strict in a lot of different aspects. Yeah. And that, you know it's not always great. Some people really don't thrive in that kind of environment where they're told, you know, you, you cannot act 
on your homosexual urges. That's a sin. Some that's people don't like that. Things? Still in Mormons? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gender, gender is very important. Sexuality oh. is very important. How are you dealing with that? As a, what do you mean? As a gay man? Is that what you're asking me? Since I'm gay? I know. I'm not offended. I'm not offended at all. I'm dealing very well with it. Thank you. Man, yeah. well, a lot because a lot of the religions have kind of taken a different stance. Even the the Pope recent, not recently, it was years ago, but mentioned that they're being more open to to those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my faith too has. You know, there was a recent kind of. Anytime there's a kind of a policy change within the faith, there's actually an email that goes out to everybody in the church. So. Wow. Um, and if it's not sent to everybody in the church, it's sent to all of the bishops, all the congregational leaders, and they're encouraged to send it to the members and read it out loud at a congregational meeting so that everybody's aware. But yeah, I mean, the, the faith just came out fairly recently with a stance on, um, you know, transgender issues, saying that if you're, if you're a, a man that identifies as a woman or a woman who identifies as a man, as, as a church, we should acknowledge those people in the pronouns that they want to be acknowledged in but my faith does draw the line at it's inappropriate if you start surgically altering yourself you know physically so that you appear more as a woman um if you uh you know i think it's just tattoos are even tattoos are frowned upon in mormonism that i was reading right Yes, tattoos are frowned upon. We believe the body is sacred. So yeah, don't don't want to tarnish the old temple. What do you guys think about meditation? I think it's great. I, I also call it prayer. I think it's kind of the same idea. I know that meditation, if you know, I think casually speaking, very similar. I know that there are some forms of meditation that are very like seriously about clearing your mind about focusing on certain aspects of yourself about nature or about you know things within the universe mantra <clears throat> i i think that's a little bit different than what i talk about with with prayer but i think in general it's the same kind of uh idea but if you're going to get into super you know meditational practices i don't see anything wrong with that if you're if you're also you know attending to all the other things you should be Right on. Yeah. I love it. Any other questions? Any other ones? We've got to... No, man. I know you got to get going to your, uh, your secret meeting. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Secret planning for the nuke. <laughs> for the nuke from Kim Jong-un. The nuclear email to convert. I know. We got to get ready. Got to get. I hope you have your food storage. I hope you've got <laughs> grains and water. Man, luckily, growing up in Oklahoma and the Marines, I think I'm pretty set for <laughs> most things. For forever? All right. Well, good. Bryson, this is so awesome. Anything you want to plug other than our fantastic show that will hopefully happen in February? Man, our show? And and no. I mean, my social media, if they want to follow, are all Bryson Banks Comedy. So Beautiful. And I'll put that in show notes. Uh, man, yeah, it's on. so good to, to talk to you uh see you again i hope you've had a good holiday season at the very least you too seth man thanks for having me on your show absolutely all right and i I hope you get into the celestial kingdom if there is one thank you i hope you do too eventually you know it'll take a little longer than (laughs) i will make it i guess but you know uh, (laughs) it depends on how it all goes thank you man i hope to see you there too and uh i love it bud we'll talk soon sounds good sweet man